Focus on the Family Canada's Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Program is a proven program designed to save couples from the brink of divorce. For over 15 years, Hope Restored Marriage Intensives have helped more than 4,500 couples, and over 80% of those surveyed are still together two years after attending. If you or someone you know is facing a crisis in their marriage, please call Focus on the Family Canada today at 1-833-999-HOPE or visit hoperestoredcanada.ca to find out more. We've tried to help them understand that marriage is really important in our home. And I think we want to be an example to our children, not just to the world, but to our children. They're going to remember how we uh, made our marriage a priority in our home. That's Ruth Schwenk, and she and her husband, Pat, join us today on Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller. Hey, John, here at Focus, we are big proponents of marriage and parenting. That's kind of the bread and butter of what we do in the name of Christ. Uh, It's the very heart of who we are, strengthening families so they can thrive. Uh, Sometimes that transition from marriage to parenting can be a little sticky and have some difficulty attached to it. And we tend to forget about our spouse and concentrate on our children. So often we we call that a kid-focused home, right, rather than a marriage-centric home. Uh, It doesn't have to be that way. And frankly, it's not healthy to stay in that place. Uh, You can love your spouse even with kids in the home. Uh, Patrick and Ruth have lived through this. And being the parents of four children, they've been put to the test. Tyler, Bella, Noah, Sophia are their kids. And they're doing it. They are making it happen. And we're going to hear more from them today about how to be a marriage-centric home, even with children. Mm -hmm. And uh, Pat is a pastor and Ruth blogs about her motherhood adventures. They've been married for 19 years and have been in full-time ministry for uh, over 17 of those years. They've also written a book called For Better or for Kids, which is a great title, and <laughs> that's the foundation one. for our conversation today. Pat and Ruth, welcome to Focus. Uh, Ruth, welcome back, actually. Thank you. It's good to have you. Pat, first time. Yes, it's Are you nervous? A, no, not at all. Not at all. Not at <laughs> now, all. most no, husbands coming in here, I mean, it's like, wow, okay, what are they going to ask us? <laughs> yeah. But this is a great story. It's a, an important one. You're mm-hmm. a pastor. Yes. And uh, I love that perspective that you bring in terms of the scripture and how it enlightens us. Uh, your expectation of an idea marriage was kind of dashed the morning of your wedding, right? Uh, what happened? Yeah. I mean, I love these wedding stories. I do want to do a book someday just on, you know, wedding stories. Weddings gone wrong. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, honeymoon stories, because it's it's rare to have it go perfectly. Well, I, I don't know what in me thought it was a good idea to get married really early in the morning, so I wasn't <laughs> I, thinking... I, I thought you were going to end the sentence right there. <laughs> get married. Pat, I'm so sorry. Now we're doing counseling. I just asked the marriage on a whole sweat. Yeah. <laughs> Continue, please. Now I'm nervous. But it takes so long to get ready and all together. So, <laughs> what time was this? Well, I think it was at ten. Yeah, don't tell. Okay, early. I don't know if I really remember the exact time, but it was either ten. I think it was or 11. eleven, but it was okay. before noon. Well, I say ten. <laughs> he before says lunch. eleven. Yeah. You know, it's okay. nineteen years ago, but I got up at like four o'clock in the morning, and I don't do so well early in the morning. So <laughs> I for, kind of forgot about that, and I started to feel sick as I was getting. They were doing my hair, and I wasn't feeling so well. So we have a picture of me sitting in the back of the car on the way to the wedding ceremony. I have my wedding dress on, my hair's all done, my makeup, and I have a towel over me and a huge pot in my lap because I thought I was going to get sick. It was awful. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you had a pot of coffee. Oh, no. So that, that is, uh, it didn't start out uh, just like I thought it would, but 
It all worked out. Did it get better? It did get better. <laughs> Thankfully, Let's say everything the ceremony. was okay. Did it go well? Yes, everything went well, but the road leading up to that did not go so well. So that but. was kind of the uh, kind of the imagery of what marriage was shaping up for you. Yeah, right? I like thought chaos. I thought this is going to be beautiful and wonderful, and then I felt really sick. I, I think we stopped by. Uh, my groomsman and I were, were on the way to the church, and we actually stopped by uh, her parents' house. And so you're not supposed to do that. We're not know. supposed to do that. <laughs> and I just remember uh, in the wee hours of the morning seeing Ruth darting out of the house carrying this large you know, cooking pot, like the kind you make loads of chili in. And she was just running from the house to the car. And I uh, knew right then and there You're that marriage trouble. was yeah, going to be very different than what I thought. Yeah, so, the, I bet. The, the, the luster was uh, erased pretty quickly. Yes, wasn't absolutely. It? Right. Why do you think marriage is so important to God? I've asked this of marriage experts almost always. Why do you think he did it this way? Yeah, it's a great, great question. Um, and I think, you know, what you see at the very beginning of the Bible is God creating that first man. And throughout Genesis 1, as you guys know, you know, everything he's creating, he's declaring to be good. Mm-hmm. And uh, then for the first time we see in Genesis 2 that something that he created uh, was not good. He looks at that first man and says, this is not good. It's not good for a man to be alone. And he gifts him with a, a wife, with a spouse, that the two of them get to do life together. There's something special about doing life together that reflects who God is. Yeah. And of course, we come to the New Testament and read Paul's words in Ephesians 5, that there's something good about marriage, not just because of what we get out of it, but mm. because of what God is doing uh, to a watching world or for a watching world, that in some way our marriage has a greater mission to put God on display to those around us. And you know, we oftentimes ask that question of ourselves, is our marriage telling the truth about who God is? Wow. And, uh, and I, so I think that, that for whatever reason, God in his wisdom and his goodness mm. gives us this beautiful gift of marriage, the sharing of life together, not just for the sake of one another, but ultimately uh, to reflect his glory, his goodness, his love for us to a watching world. When I love that picture because it makes you want to relate to your spouse more wisely right? You know, than perhaps we do right mm-hmm. now, even in Christian you know, community. Yeah. Um, in your book, For Better or For Kids, uh, you mentioned why we need to look at our spouse as a gift from God. Now, some, <laughs> I'm just hearing somebody just go... Oh, really? You don't know my husband, man. He can never find the spot where all the dirty clothes go. And it's been this way for 15 years. It's driving me crazy. And the way he eats and the way he does everything. I mean, you get you could fill in the blank. There's exasperation there. They're just going, ah, I have to look at him or I have to look at her as a gift from God. Well, God, you sent the wrong gift. FedEx got this messed up. Yeah, actually, just this past week on Instagram, I asked my followers to think about their spouse and why they are a gift to them. And it was pretty amazing to see all the responses and how thankful they were. In a good way. Yes, in a good Good. way. That's encouraging. Well, that they were able to say, this is what I am thankful for. You know, obviously there's things that we don't agree on or things that bother us or exasperate us. But really seeing the gift they are to us, I think, changes our perspective on that. How do we maintain that kind of approach to think, dwell on those things which are good? Well, I think it's a constant battle, just like, you know, against self and selfishness and just being thankful uh, for the ways that 
you know, Pat blesses me. He's an encouragement to me. I know that he he's always there to cheer me on. Those types of things, if I can keep remembering those things, it's a constant battle, but it's just being intentional about trying to remember that. Yeah. And of course, if Pat, you keep remembering to do those things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Or um, I might remind him. <laughs> <laughs> I get a few reminders. That's but I, I think it's, you know, I think we'll either use our differences to compete with one another or compliment huh. one another. And mm-hmm. I think that there there's a reason why God has gifted us with the spouse that we have. And I can either choose to look at those differences and feel superior, feel better, um, be resentful, or I can look at those differences and go, you know what, that in God's wisdom, uh, he's gifted me with Ruth for a reason. And um, she is meant to compliment me. She's meant to supply my weakness with her strength. And I love that approach. I love that concept. And for us as men to keep that in mind, well, both men and women, but men particularly, we need to be reminded of that, what God has done for us. And it's so critically important. We've laid a a really good foundation for the marriage Mm -hmm. side and the importance of it in God's design. So. Then he says, okay, be humble, be selfless. This is why I brought uh, usually an opposite into mm-hmm. your heart and yeah. into your love. And uh, then he says, okay, now you're going to have some kids. <laughs> this is god's plan for you yeah that's right and the dynamics begin to change everything the household uh, describe early years of parenting and what's going on there and the chaos yeah it it, it was my kids are getting a little bit older so our youngest is eight now um but it's still crazy it's just a different season um but when they were little i mean i feel like i was just trying to get through the day and then pat comes home from work and he wants dinner on the table and i can't (laughs) even you know i'm just really tired i just need a nap and so i think you know it is it is a wake-up call during those years that you know we really have to fight for our marriage yeah this is how long do those years last (laughs) <laughs> wow. You know what? No. Um, actually, I'll tell you what. I feel like I can finally take a big, deep breath. And your kids are now? And my youngest is eight. Yeah. Um, and we're busy in a different way. I mean, they have different activities. Yeah. They're getting older. Um, a little more but self-sufficient. As, right. Like, and I can get sleep at night. And honestly... Wow, that can make a big difference. Hey, bingo. There's the yeah. deepest spiritual yeah. truth you've right. ever stumbled across. <laughs> Be well rested. Yes. Patrick, yeah. you were actually, uh, I think, into watching a football game, which I could so relate to yeah. on one Saturday, I think, Michigan. Yes. I don't know Go why Go you'd Blue. want to waste your time on that, but <laughs> but uh, watching a college football game, yeah. what took place? How did the Lord get a hold of your heart with that? Well, yeah, it was a, a scary moment. I, I was actually, I was preparing to watch a Michigan game. It's always game scary to watch on. a Michigan game. Yeah. No, I'm teasing. I'm only teasing. <laughs> Teasing everybody. I'm just joking. No, we were, Ruth was actually running to the store. I think she was going to run to the grocery store. And I was given the assignment, and I mean that in the kindest way. I was given the assignment, <laughs> the responsibility of, of mowing the yard while she was gone. And at the time, we just had two kids, uh, Tyler and Bella. And I, and I don't remember how old they were, but they weren't terribly old. And uh, so I went out, and I was scurrying to get the yard mowed before Ruth got home before kickoff. <laughs> yeah, and that's I was, the real truth. Right. That was before the real kickoff. Yeah, yeah. Forget so, Ruth, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was almost done. I was on the last leg, and we just a block away, we had these railroad tracks and that the road came over. And I remember turning to the left. And I could see Ruth uh, just coming up over the railroad tracks and getting ready to turn right into our street. And as I continued turning left, uh, I also saw Bella, uh, our youngest uh, at the time, uh, walking down the sidewalk, uh, carrying a large yellow umbrella. And the problem was, is that she was supposed to be inside playing dress up, but she detri- decided to, to dress down. And I saw her walking down the sidewalk with a big yellow umbrella 
completely unclothed. <laughs> and so you, you can imagine This is every mother's fear. You know, yes. you're, and you're we killing us as dads. Yeah. We're yeah. trusting you to watch the kids. That's you're killing right. us. Yeah. The father's union wants to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, I didn't you. know whether I was going to, you know, Ruth was going to kick me out of the house first or I was going to get arrested. But uh, so that's uh, sort of the, the moment I knew that as much as we loved being parents and what a gift our kids were, this was hard stuff. Uh, th- this was a challenge. Kids are unpredictable and they really do disrupt in many ways um, that marriage relationship, that they do join us in the journey of marriage, and we have to work uh, to keep them from coming between us uh, in the journey of marriage. Just a little tip. It's playpen, either right side up if they're young, <laughs> upside down if they're older. <laughs> Just telling you, with a rock on it, maybe it's necessary. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ruth, as the mom coming home and seeing this, I'm not going to let this story yeah. go. Yeah. So what was your angelic response to that? <laughs> yes, I know? think it was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I can't even go to the grocery store. I blocked and it out of my memory. Right, everything falls apart. Every dad yeah. has heard this before, right? Uh, so you got you through keep it, it together? Yes. We did. We got through it. But I just, I love that picture of, I feel like that is just a picture of marriage and young kids and how everything can kind of uh, fall out around you. Yeah, Yeah, that's so true. Pat and Ruth, uh, you have mentioned a couple of times that it's getting easier for you. How how old's your oldest? He's 15. So 15 to 8 are the range of the kids. It is getting easier. It does get a little easier at that point. (laughs) Self-sufficient. They can make a sandwich. (laughs) This is happiness. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, dial it back just a little bit when that demand was so high. What were some of the practical ways that you protected and guarded your marriage uh, maybe this will even sound uncomfortable at the expense of your kids. Right. Yeah. Well, I think during that time, what was really helpful for me is that Pat didn't look at me as the mom who had to do everything, but he actually came alongside me and helped me in so many just normal day-to-day tasks. That was huge for me during yeah. that time. That really helped me get through. That was an area I could have done a better job. How about you, John? You're, I, you're probably pretty good. No, I delegated too much. You delegated. <laughs> I could have come home and done better at that, you know. Yeah. But uh, Patrick, way to go! You yeah. get the A. Yeah. You a get plus. the Fs. And how about for you, Patrick? What were some practical ways that you protected the marriage yeah, in I those think, busy years, and even today? Sure. I, you know, I think um, for us, we like Ruth just said, we we both went into that understanding that this is uh, us laying down our life for one another. That that you know, Jesus calls a husband to lay down his life for his wife and his family, just as he did for the church. And so I think us recognizing that this is something we had to do together, uh, that alone uh, helped carry some of those heavy burdens early on. But I think one of the things we've done over the years is just redeem the time that we do have. I think oftentimes we get so caught up in looking at all the time we don't have in this busy season. And so I think looking at the time that we do have, um, that can go a long way. I mean, I know um, you know, even still today, just Ruth and I going and walking the dog together uh, is time that we do have. That's something I've got to do every single day, multiple times a day. But we can take that ordinary everyday event mm-hmm. and use that um, as time together. Uh, we oftentimes go to the grocery store together. Not not super romantic, but again, just the two no, of us we all do. going we to, all the, do to the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. And again. Yeah, that, but do you walk the aisles together, or you, do you divide the list up and then meet divide at the it. end? We, we divide it. It's, it's divide divide and conquer. And conquer. But yeah. we still we're in the car on the way there together. There you go. Yeah, and yeah. I think one of the things we've done is our kids have gotten older. As kids start getting involved in sports, you know, activities and extracurricular activities, we've done our best to live with limits. And I think one of the mistakes that we make as parents is thinking that we have to give our kids the best of everything. And I'm not sure that that's always the best.
best thing for them in the long run. And so I think we've been very intentional about saying, you know what, God, God does love marriage. He loves the family. And this time that we have together is so quick, it's fleeting. Mm-hmm. And so we want to keep that a priority. It doesn't mean that we become greedy with our time, but it does mean that we learn to live with limits. And that means that we need to say no to certain things that uh, for us practically, it means that our kids are not involved in four or five different events throughout the year. And there's things that, that we have to say no to, that you can be involved in this, but you can't be involved in that. You've got three other siblings in the family. And so I think those kinds of things uh, can go a long ways uh, to cutting down the business and uh, helping us to live with, with greater energy for one another. Yeah, and Pat, I got to reemphasize that because what you said there is really good, that you don't want to give your kids the best of everything if it costs you your relationship That's and right. your marriage. That's that right. is something yeah. to walk away with today. That is well said. Thank you. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Looking for advice on how to stay sane while you parent your children? Or some great laughs and heartfelt stories about how God works in the family? Focus on the Family invites you to join listeners from across the country as they tune into the daily broadcast with Jim Daly and John Fuller. Get the free app for your Apple, Android, or Windows mobile device and receive inspirational, godly encouragement when you need it most. Get the free app today at focusonthefamily.ca slash mobile or visit your Apple, Google, or Windows app store. I remember just getting like really panicky, like, no, I have to figure this out right now because my my son's going to come home from school in like two hours and I have to know what to say. When Holly's son was considering suicide, she called a Focus on the Family counselor. All those years I'd been listening to Focus, I was thinking about how they were like that practical guide for me. That was sound advice I could get from them. I didn't really know where else to turn. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can rescue hurting parents like Holly and give families hope. We need the truth that Focus on the Family brings into our minds and into our homes. We need that if we're going to raise up the next generation of believers to walk in obedience and to walk in the truth that God loves us. Donate by calling 800-A-FAMILY or visit focusonthefamily.ca slash give. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. You, you mentioned the book, something about the missing vowel. Mm. That caught my attention because I yeah. thought, well, they meant vowel. <laughs> but yeah. no, the missing vow. What is it? Yeah, well, you know, as a pastor, I've done all sorts of weddings, had the joy of doing weddings. And, and the more I did that, as the years went on, I began to realize, boy, there's a big vow that's missing, that as kids join a couple uh, in this journey, that that's, there's a tremendous vow that we need to make, this vow to love one another with kids in the house. And it's a missing vow for most of our ceremonies, and yet it's an important one. That's a great observation, mm-hmm. actually, when you think about it. We don't include that. Mm-hmm. You had a little story that that was so funny about you guys getting out and getting away to a restaurant just to kind of get away from the kids. (laughs) This is going to resonate with every parent listening right now. What happened? Well, we were, we like to take date nights. Now that our kids are a little older, it's a little bit easier. And um, we said, the kids were asking where we were going and why are you doing this? And why are you leaving right now? Well, we need to get away. And and I think our oldest son, Tyler, is like, what, you want to get away from us? Well, kind of. Right now we do. <laughs> you said it. You said it. <laughs> to be honest. Exactly. How did he respond? 
I think, I think that's exactly what we said was exactly. Yes, we, we are getting away from you. <laughs> and did, did you have to patch up or wipe his tears away? No, no, yet. <laughs> no, I think they understand. You know, we've tried to help them understand that marriage is really important in our home. And I think we want to be an example to our children, not just to the world, but to our children. They're going to remember how we uh, made our marriage a priority in our home. So they were... He, it, he didn't have to wipe any tears, no, you're, definitely you're not. You're telling us that your child's not going to remember that mom and dad left us because they were tired of <laughs> yeah. us. They're going to see it as a positive modeling. <laughs> right, exactly. Love covers over a multitude well, of things. Yeah, it was in jest, yes. Yeah, so. oh, I'm sure it actually taught him a good lesson. Yeah. Listen, yeah. we're first, you're second. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. our well, marriage we, is the core of the family. Yeah. Yeah, that is something that we, you know, we try to practice, but we also do, you know, talk about it. We feel like that one of the greatest gifts that we can give our kids is a God-honoring marriage mm-hmm. and a healthy marriage, yeah. uh, that that will have an impact on them uh, for years and years to come. Now, let me put the pedal to you guys, because I think, in fact, the way we act sometimes is the opposite. Sure. That our yeah. kids are the most mm-hmm. important thing. Our marriage is actually second because, honey, we don't have time to really concentrate on each other. Do you know how? Mm-hmm. And it's justifiable from a rational standpoint. There's lots of to do's and tasks mm-hmm. that need to be done. And me loving you right now in the way you need me to love you may not just, it may not, I don't have time. Mm hmm. But that's not a healthy way to look at it, is it? It's the inverted uh, position. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, you know, one of the things that it is so uh, counterintuitive, you know, is kids come along, you know, there is this shift in attention and affection from your spouse to your kids. And rightfully so. I mean, kids demand and deserve a, a lot of time and energy and attention and affection. And so I think the desire there for us to be great parents is a good thing. I think the dangerous thing is when that desire to be a good parent overshadows the desire to be a good spouse. And so we want to protect that. We want to continue loving one another, uh, serving one another, making time for one another, uh, even when we're trying to parent together. Well, I I hope people are hearing what you're saying because it is so critically important. Um, You suggest this idea of self-care also it was a big part of the book describe for us self-care and what you're getting at not neglecting who you are right that's just taking time for yourself to be in god's word first and foremost i mean that has to be our priority but you it's, don't know my time constraints know. you know you just don't know, know i don't how busy my life is listen i know help I know. me friend Right. And here we realize how many pockets of time are in our day if we pay attention. You know, we've got five minutes here, five minutes there. And God says we can talk to him at any time. Yeah, just take a moment. Yeah, just taking a moment. And honestly, I think as a busy, busy mom, that's what's gotten me through, Mm. is that I know I don't have to have an hour every morning to spend with God. I can spend five minutes here and five minutes there, and certainly there may be a season that I can spend a whole hour. Um, But it's just making sure that God is the priority in my life. Ruth, let me ask this. um, As mom, you can carry a lot of guilt. Um, You know, I think men are much easier at saying, well, it's the other person's problem, not mine. Women tend to own that. What have I not done? What am I not doing as a mother? What am I not doing as a wife? And then that guilt just kind of compounds, mm-hmm. and you feel bad about yourself. Then your self-care doesn't happen because mm. it just kind of snowballs. And I know women listening are going, yeah, that's yeah. me. I feel bad about every aspect of my life because I yeah. can't do it all perfectly. It, I feel Speak to that woman who's there. As my children get older, 
I didn't struggle so much with guilt when they were little, but as they get older, I start to think, oh no, did I totally mess them up in this area? Or did I do this wrong? And something that I've just tried to remember over the years is that no matter what I do, the only reason that my children turn out at all is all because of God's grace. You know, and I, I didn't even grow up in a Christian home, and he took care of me, so certainly he's going to take care of them. Well, that's a good thing to remember, that our imperfection is actually what he perfects. Yes, <laughs> It's absolutely. not our perfection that he perfects more. Right. Yep. I mean, I and that. that's dangerous to run that line. You mentioned five commitments that matter in times of trial, and I think this is a good place to end the program. What are those five commitments that we should take away from uh, your book, For Better or For Kids? No, that's a well. Number one is this: is that we trust what God says, and not just how we feel. Uh, Boy, that, that's that's such a, a critical um, point for us. We, we will pray and read God's word together regularly. We will keep Christ at the center, remembering that He's the one that gives us the resources that we need to keep marriage a priority, to parent well. Um, that we'll be selfless lovers. We'll commit to doing that. And then the final two. Well, the final two are: we'll talk often, we'll talk openly. And then finally, we'll not walk through this alone. And I think that's really fighting for your marriage, even in the midst of all the uncertainties that life brings. Yeah, those are so good for married couples to remember. That's the place we're living. It is the kind of spiritual direction that we need uh, to get us not only through the child-rearing years, but also to the uh, finish line, where we're celebrating 50, 60 years of marriage. And your kids and your grandkids are saying, wow, how did they do that? And you have a testimony. We did it because of our commitment to God and His love for us. Absolutely. What a great conversation with Patrick and Ruth Schwenk on today's episode of Focus on the Family. And their message is so encouraging for couples in really any season, but especially those with children still in the home. I love how they emphasize making marriage a priority in the midst of parenthood. That is so important. And let me turn to you, the listener. I hope you know Focus on the Family is here for you. Your marriage is important to us. I know it's important to you, but we also want to be there with you and for you because it's important to God. We have great resources available to you, like Focus on the Family's Marriage Assessment. I think over a million people have done that one, uh, John. It's free. You can go and take it, and it'll identify those things you're doing well at and probably a couple things you could do better and then give you some resources to help you in that area. It's perfect. And, uh, you know, real families, just like uh, yours and mine, tune into the broadcast looking for hope and couples in crisis, broken families, struggling parents, lonely singles need encouragement, too. Uh, But it is that uh, biblical guidance, that biblical hope and practical help that we want to be there to provide. Uh, God is using your support to reach literally millions of people each week as they tune in to the broadcast, podcast, etc., And they hear the information and get an idea of the resources that will help them in their journey. You can share that hope by supporting the minister. Be a part of it. God sees that. He's not blind to the fact that you're sending resources to help touch people's lives. So with a smile on my face, I want to encourage you to be in with us. Uh, Gene and I support the ministry. Uh, You and Dina do. We do too, yes. And it's such a great way to touch people's lives. You know, just recently I was down in Arizona, John, and my brother and I, we happened to play golf. And we were there getting lunch after we had played, and this waitress came up to me and said, are you Jim Daly? And she started to cry. 
and just thank us. And I want to say thank you mm-hmm. indirectly for changing her life. She said, my marriage was saved by focus. My kids were helped because of you and the ministry. Mm-hmm. And what a great thing. It was making me cry. <laughs> and it, it, it's not an ego thing at all. I felt very humbled by it. But be a part of the ministry. The Lord puts you in that seat. Yeah, donate, take the marriage assessment, and get that book. Uh, all the details are online, focusonthefamily.ca, or call 800, the letter A, and the word family. We'll plan to join us tomorrow as we hear from a dad of a child with special needs sharing how he learned to be honest with God through doubt and trials. And I think he's waiting for us to tell him, just, would you just be honest about this thing? Just give it to me. I'm a really big God. I've seen a lot harder cases than you. So let's just talk about it. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ. <laughs>